that faith-saving message of Jesus Christ to those who desperately need him. How are you guys today? Doing good? Oh, that doesn't sound good. It sounds like you're cold. Are you all doing good? Awesome. Great. My name is Dave Shive, and I am one of the pastors here at TBA, and we are so glad that you chose to come out and worship with us this morning. Before we get started, I just want to tell you about something that happened last week. Last weekend, our students went on their winter retreat, and I just want to tell you that it was an amazing experience, and I, I saw God do amazing things through the lives of our students, and it's always really cool to see how God is alive and well and working in our students. And so I would encourage you, see some of these kids who've got these blue shirts on that went on this retreat. Go talk to them today. Ask them what God did in their life because God did some really cool things and they need to share with you about what he did. All right, so we're going to be continuing in our series called Stay Positive. And if you haven't listened to the first two messages in this series, I would highly recommend that you go get those messages. You can get them on our website or you can get them on a podcast. Get those two messages and listen, and listen to them because God is saying some amazing things to our church, things that I think that we need to hear. So make sure you check those first two messages out. And I've got to tell you, I really think that God has a sense of humor. It's not I think, I know. I know God has a sense of humor because today we're going to talk about being an encourager. And I am the worst encourager in the world. I really am. I'm, I'm like a bull in a china shop when it comes to using my words. So know this. Know that as I speak this message today, that God had a lot to say to me this week. A whole lot of things to say to me about the words that I use. Because words have such power in them. And I've known this for a long time. I have. I've actually, I speak to the youth about it a lot. And I talk to them about being careful, about saying negative things, because what they say can be very destructive. But what I often forget, and what I have to really work hard at, it isn't, it isn't saying negative things that I have a problem with, but it's remembering to continually say positive things and to encourage other people, because word, the power of words can go both ways. How many positives does it take to overcome a negative? I know that when I started to look at this message, and I know I was going to speak on it, I was thinking to myself, how many times has somebody encouraged me? And it took me a long time to remember. At first, I was like, you know what? I really don't, I really don't get a lot of encouragement. But that's just not true, because I do get a lot of it. I get quite a bit of it, as a matter of fact, but it was hard for me to remember. But I can tell you this. I remember every single word that has hurt me in my life and the words that cut deep and I don't know if I'll ever forget those words and yes they heal they do heal but man do those negative words they stick with you for your whole life Nelson Mandela who opposed the South African regime he was imprisoned for almost three decades of his life and he knew the power of words and he's often quoted today but while he was in prison he couldn't be quoted because they restricted his speech. And after a decade after he got out, he said this. He said, it is never my custom to use words lightly. If 27 years in prison have done anything to me, it was to use the silence of solitude to make me understand how precious words are and how real speech is in its impact on the way people live and die. Live and die. 
Solomon, who is the author of Proverbs, wrote about the power of words, and he said this, death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have the potential to produce positive or negative consequences. See, words have power. Words have power to give life through encouragement and honesty. They can bring healing to a crushed spirit. They can inspire us to reach beyond what we normally could achieve. They can bring hope and light into darkness. Words can strengthen relationships. They can unite communities and countries. They can bring peace and conflict. Words can have a saving, healing power. But words also have the power to crush and kill through lies and gossip. They can destroy years of trust. They can tear down years of friendship. They have the power to tear relationships, communities, and even countries apart. Words can lead us astray to do atrocities that we never thought of. I mean, think about it. Hitler's regime started with simple words. All wars, all wars are started with words. Words have power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so you would think that we would choose to bring life, that we would choose to bring healing and encouragement, but that's not what usually happens in our world. See, we live in a world that's full of discouragement, gossip, and negativity, a world where it seems like the goal is to attack and tear people down. I mean, just turn on your TV. I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to find a TV show, a reality TV show, because that's the majority of what's on TV. Find a reality TV show that isn't centered on gossip, backbiting, betrayal, and conflict. See, even just watching the promos of those TV shows bring me down. And now that we're moving into full swing into an election year, well, good, we get the joy of listening to negative campaign ads every 10 minutes. Yay! And it's everywhere. It's on the TV. It's on the radio. It's even on my phone. I mean, just once, just once, I'd like to see a politician go, you know what? We're going to stay positive. We're not going to go negative. And, and for them to stick to it, to actually stick to it, but they never do. They don't, because experts say that you can't win an election without negative attacks on your opponents. See, it's become normal, accepted, and expected. Even in sports, negativity and trash talk is the norm. Some say it's actually a strategy for winning. When did talking bad about your opponents become a strategy for winning? See, when I was a kid, I tell my son this all the time, when I was a kid, my sports heroes, Walter Payton, Dr. J, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, they let their play speak for them. They never had to tear their opponents down in order to win. And now with social media, it's a thousand times worse because it's unfiltered, instantaneous, and without accountability. See, I can't imagine being a teenager in this time. It was hard enough growing up as a kid trying to fit in but to have your whole life on display and to have that life constantly judged by others in a court where people can say and do whatever they want without consequences, man, that's got to be very discouraging. See, these are the things our kids are facing. Their identity is being shaped by public opinion, an opinion that's constantly judging their worth, 
And guess what? They never measure up. They never, ever measure up. I've seen such horrible things happen through social media. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying social media is bad. Social media is amoral. It's not good or bad. It's how we use it that makes it good or bad. But I've seen lives destroyed by it. And even as adults, we're not much better. See, social media seems to be the avenue to say whatever you like without consequences, without accountability. It's often the avenue that we use to say things that we wouldn't say to people face to face. So we passively, aggressively, or sometimes straight out aggressively, broadcast our discontent with others instead of following biblical practices and principles and going to those people face to face. As a matter of fact, as I think about it, almost all of the real hurtful things that have ever been said to me in my life have never been said to me face to face. They've always been through some sort of media or through gossip. I mean, how different would our world be if we refused to do those things? I mean, what difference could we make in a world of negativity if we became a people of encouragement? See, I believe that God is calling you to be an encourager. Our God is calling you to be an encourager to build others up in a world that is constantly tearing people down. In fact, I would be willing to say it's probably one of the most spiritual things that you can do in your life is to be an encourager. Let me say it again. One of the most spiritual things that you can do in your life is build other people up, encourage them, and lift those around you. And here's why I believe this to be true. And if you're taking notes, write this down. We need to understand that our God is an encouraging God. Our God is an encouraging God. I want you to think about that for a moment. I mean, if we are to reflect the nature of God, then we need to understand that our God is an encouraging God. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, When we arrived at Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction. Listen to his words. This is heavy for Paul. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. We had battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Man, doesn't that sound like your life today sometimes? Battles on the outside, fear on the inside. So many, so many of us are facing battles in our life, things that we don't expect, things that we don't see coming. We become fearful of what's next and anxiety builds within us. And so we go through these battles on the outside and we have to deal with the fear that's on the inside. And then in verse 6, he says two of my favorite words in the Bible. He says the words, but God. And I love when you see something negative followed by but God. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. I want you to know this. If you came to church today and you feel discouraged, and you feel like you're hurting, and you don't know which way to go, maybe you're facing some decisions in your life, and you're not sure what you should do, and you've got all of these challenges going on at home, maybe you've got challenges at work, maybe you, maybe you have financial challenges, or even 
health challenges. Maybe you're just hurting and you just feel really discouraged. And you got battles on the outside and fears on the inside. I want you to know this. I want you to know that we have a God who loves, He loves to encourage those who are discouraged. We have a God who loves to encourage those who are discouraged. And He often encourages us through others. Who did He send to Paul? He sent Titus, this normal, everyday guy. God sends to Paul for encouragement. And now the game's changed. You can hear it and sense it in his words. He goes, we were facing all kinds of trials and battles, but God, thank you so much for sending Titus. Because now we can carry on. Now we have reinforcements, and we can keep fighting these battles that are before us. See, I want to encourage you to be an encourager. Because you have no idea, you have no idea how a simple message of encouragement can change a life. It can change a life. Even something that's not a big deal, and you might not think it's a big deal, can be an incredibly big deal to somebody who's in that moment of discouragement. As they receive that gift of encouragement from God through you, it's a big deal. See, when there's trouble on the outside and fear on the inside, we serve a God who encourages those who are discouraged. And so one of the most spiritual things you can do is to be like God, to be a voice of encouragement in a world full of discouragement and hurtful voices. So today I want to give you three things, three things that you can do to make a difference. Here's the first one. Encourage others daily. Why daily? Because the voices of discouragement are so real and so constant. It's an everyday battle just to not be discouraged. When we have conflict at work with our coworkers and bosses, we get conflict at home with our kids and our spouses. Not to mention the self-speak that we say to ourselves that's constantly saying you're not good enough, you don't do enough, you're not worth anything, and you don't measure up. See, that's why the writer in Hebrews, I think he said this, he said, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Every single day, as long as it's called today, we should be a tool of God to be a voice of encouragement to other people. I mean, if you see something and you think it's good, don't rob somebody else of that blessing. Tell them about it. Encourage them. Text it. Tweet it. Post it. Even the small things... Even if it's like, wow, thanks for taking the garbage out. I'm so glad when you take the garbage out. Isn't that so much better than saying, wow, you finally took the garbage out? I mean, positive is so much better than negative. Students, pay attention to me. Listen to me. Encourage your parents. They work really hard at providing you an extraordinary life. And they're people just like you with feelings and they need to hear encouragement from you. Stop being the negative voice in your family. Stop being the negative voice in your family. Some of you are so disrespectful and so unappreciative, you don't realize the impact it has on your parents. They love you desperately. And you're breaking their hearts by the way that you treat them. Thank them. Tell them that they're amazing parents. Tell them that they're doing a great job raising you because it's hard raising you. 
It is. It's hard raising you up. Encourage your parents. Spouses, find something encouraging to say to your spouse every single day. Every day. Listen, if you're not a natural encourager, plan it out. Be creative. Find a way to express your appreciation to your husband or wife. I told you, I don't do this naturally. I don't. I have to plan it out. It has to be a a, a task for me. I actually take an hour or so a week and I write a bunch of little bitty encouraging notes and it doesn't take that long. I write these little bitty encouraging notes to my wife and then I fold them up and I hide them throughout the house. I put them in her sock drawer. I put them in the pocket of her jeans. And here's the cool thing. It's awesome when she finds one because every time she finds one, I go, cha-ching, money in the bank. There it is. And it makes her day. It makes, it, it, I can't even tell you how it makes her day. The day she gets a note, it's like ba-boom. It's awesome. And for all of us, encourage those that are around you. Man, what if we went to work, instead of complaining about our jobs, we, com- we encouraged our coworkers? How would that change our workplace? And if we were bosses, how would it change if we encouraged our employees Instead of always riding them every single day. Encourage your classmates. There are people at school that need your voice of encouragement. Be creative about it. Later on in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Think about this for a minute. How different would our world be if we actually did this? If we actually did this, if we actually took the time to sit around and think up ways to motivate and encourage one another. If we spent the time and energy that we use to tear others down and use that time instead to build them up, Think of what a difference it would make in this world. So encourage others daily. The second thing you can do is to encourage others spiritually. Let's take that encouragement and let God transform it into spiritual encouragement when appropriate. Paul said this to the Roman believers in Romans chapter 1, verses 10 and 12. He says, One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. See, whenever we're around people, we want to help them grow strong in the Lord. We want them to be strengthened in their faith. We want them to bring a gift of our words, our heart, our presence that helps them grow in Christ. See, when I'm around you, I want to build you up spiritually. But I want you to build me up as well. See, that's why being around other brothers and sisters of Christ is massively important in your life. Because without them, we're not naturally around people who are building us up. We're not around iron that sharpens iron. That's why in Hebrews it says, don't neglect meeting together. It's that important. I want to be around people that build me up and strengthen me. I want to be the person that strengthens others. 
And listen, it doesn't take that much to build somebody's faith, to help them build their faith. See, one of the cool things I love about our men's ministry is the encouragement that they give each other. See, they push each other to live the holy life that God's called them to live, to be better fathers and better husbands and better followers of God. So when you see your brothers and sisters living out the life that God's called them to live, encourage them. Say things like, man, I love the way that you love your wife. Your faith really inspires me. And thanks for being the serving person that you are. You're doing God's work and you're doing great. Hey, you're a great mom. And I love the way you raise your kids in that godly way. It's really cool to see. And hey, I'm blown away by your generosity. You always give when there's a need and you never hesitate. See, you would be surprised how one statement will give somebody the energy to continue the good fight. Because the truth is, it's hard to live this life out that God's called us to. It is hard. And you can be sure the enemy wants us to think that what we're doing is ineffective and not worthy of our energy. And you can bet his best plan of attack is to keep us discouraged and unengaged. So encourage each other daily. Encourage each other spiritually. And finally, encourage yourself in the Lord. See, sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me show you what I mean. We're going to look at, at 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And the context is this. David is massively distressed. He's got trouble on the outside, and he's got fear on the inside. And people were talking about stoning him. You think you have a bad day? Wait till people try to throw rocks at you and kill you. And here's what it said. It said, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Every now and then you just need to encourage yourself in your Lord. See, whenever the voices of discouragement tear you down, you just need to say, nope, not going to happen. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. There's trouble on the outside, there's fear on the inside. But my God, my God is a God who encourages those who are discouraged. And so I'm going to encourage myself in God. And how do you do that? By knowing God's Word. And I know we say this a lot, and I believe it to be true. One of the reasons I think we are such a discouraged people and why we have such a hard time finding joy in our lives is because we don't know the promises of God. We don't know them they're not tattooed on our hearts. We don't meditate on God's faithfulness. It's difficult to have hope if you don't know the words of hope. You have to read your Bible. I say this to our kids all the time, and they're sick of me saying it. But I'm going to say it again and again and again until it sinks in. You have to read your Bible being deep in God's Word, meditating on His promises. It's your main weapon for battle. It is. And if you're not using it, you're going to lose every single time. You're going to lose. I told you words are power. There is no more powerful force in this universe than the Word of God. No more powerful force in this universe than the Word of God. And it's at our fingertips. 
Everybody has access to it. There's no excuses. Be in God's Word. Be in His Word. Prepare for battle because it's going to come. There's going to come a time when discouragement overcomes you. You may not feel discouraged now and you're probably sitting there going, yeah, I'll read my Bible whenever. I'm telling you, dig your well now before you're thirsty and be in God's Word. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find three or four verses in the Bible that shows God's promise for your life or shows encouragement for your life. And I want you to memorize those three verses. And the next time you feel discouraged, I want you to repeat those words over and over again. Just keep saying them. Keep telling yourself, I have faith for this. My God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. If my God is for me, who can be against me? My God says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the words of my testimony. My God is working all things together for good, so what the devil meant for evil, my God will use for good. I know the plans the Lord has for me and their plans to prosper. Does that encourage you? It encourages me. Those are all verses from the Bible. Use that in your next discouragement battle and see what God does through them. The band can come up now. There's trouble on the outside. There's always trouble on the outside. There's fear on the inside. What do we do? Embrace the truth that we serve a God who encourages those who are discouraged. And as God encourages you spiritually, you become a gift of encouragement to others. And we're going to encourage each other daily as long as it's called today. Why? Because we need it. We need it. And we're going to give it. Every time we think about it, we're going to say it. But we're not just going to encourage each other daily. We're going to encourage each other spiritually. We're going to build each other up in the Lord. Strengthen each other's faith. And then when you get down and you're in your battle, encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember those verses. Say them over and over again. My God has been faithful. He's going to get me through it. He got me through it last year. He's going to get me through it this year. One of the most spiritual things you can do is be a voice of encouragement. Even when everybody else is telling you what you're not, what you can't do, and even if your own internal voice is talking you out of serving God faithfully, you can be a voice of encouragement. Encourage others daily. Encourage them spiritually and encourage yourself in the Lord. Because one of the most spiritual things you can do in a world that is full of negative, destructive talk is to stay positive and be a voice of encouragement from heaven to lift those that are around you up. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God who encourages the discouraged. Because sometimes life just pulls us down. God, I know that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to pull us down. He wants to discourage us. He wants to sideline us. God, thank you that you are faithful and your promises are true and that we can hold on to them. God, help us to hold on to your promises. Help us to know your promises, Lord, so that we can face these battles when there's fear inside of us, when there's battles on outside. God, help us to face them. And then, God, help us to be encouragers. I can't imagine what you would do through us, Lord, if we all became encouragers. God, help us to follow your word. 
We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.